When we come together, we don't entertain one another. We entertain the presence of God. The day we begin to learn how to entertain the presence of God, that is when we can then sing and say, when the praises go up, the blessings will come down. It is not by, uh, I know last week, I think I said, pull down the anointing. That's got nothing to do with that. It's just our act. We're saying, well, get involved. But the reality is, if all of me is sending worship to God, God has got no option but to turn and begin to tap his foot because the word says he sings with us. When we begin to tap into that which is deep within him, is to hear the praises of his people. When he hears the praises of his people, oh yes, he would look kindly upon us. We, uh, we're praying for rain. We are, we're, now we're praying for the right vaccine. We haven't asked for the vaccine of the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, come in our midst. Come once again, Lord, in a new way that we haven't seen before. We are in reset for sure. God is doing a new thing. If you felt that uh, 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 you had maybe known God beyond the pandemic, uh, pandemic, you better think again. God is in a new space altogether. The church needs to adapt to that. The church needs to get used to being in conversation with God. Pastor Thomas said in our last interaction when uh, we had our Zoom meeting with him, we had our POA, our perspective on the apostolic. Uh, was it uh, last week? One of the things that stuck in my spirit was the church has forgotten how to speak to the Holy Spirit. Have you found yourself searching for a scripture that you know very well? And somehow you just can't get it? What do you do? You go to Google. No, Holy Spirit is forgotten now. Holy Spirit takes time. Holy Spirit wants to know why you want to know. Do you want to hear from him? Because you can ask for a thing from Holy Spirit and he will show you multiple things that you had not even thought about. That is why you will hide certain things so that we come into conversation with him. Then all those things that have been a trouble to you, he unveils. But no, we run to Google now. You see, these things are there supposedly to make your life easy. Yes, to live a life of our human uh, understanding. But if you want an elevation into an understanding of who God is, Holy Spirit is the one that is going to lead us in that direction. He has so much to say to the church of Jesus Christ currently. He's got so much. And we need to learn to go back again to basics. Once again, I must remind you that at the foundations of the earth, the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth. 
right now, I sense in my spirit that Holy Spirit is hovering because he's looking for uh, those that would receive him and he will come and bring the tabas of God, the conversations of God. He wants to bring the conversations of God to his body. It is no longer the priest or the pastor or the prophet that God wants to uh, uh, elevate because God has realized that man has taken God's elevation and made it his own elevation. As uh, you know, we're having a discussion at home this morning that there were gifted pastors that uh, we had that were on fire for God. And now, every time they open their mouths, they tell you how much money they need because they need to go here, they need to go there. And right now, there's no need for any pastor to fly anywhere. As uh, our uh, uh, pastor showed us, I mean, uh, I'd love him to still come here as we had planned last year. I'd still love uh, Thamo to come here. But the reality is there's no need for any pastor to go anywhere. Zoom meetings doing just fine. They're doing just fine. I mean, uh, we had 32 nations sitting at our Zoom meeting. No problem. All over the world, we're all together. Some uh, hired big places and full the, 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 the auditoriums, and uh, everybody heard the same message at the same time all over the world. And so there's no need for these travelers that want to buy new airplanes because they need to fly here, they need to fly there. Some of them are saying, we are drilling waters here, we are drilling waters there. And then when you uh, look at the thing, you know, you find that uh, some of these things here are old. They're doing them as though they are doing them today. Fleecing the church of Jesus Christ. And we need to come away from those things. Let's leave Google for other things. Let's come to God. I realized that yesterday I was uh, watching, uh, you know, on uh, these YouTube things, how to just do, doing a basic woodwork. And I saw this guy here. I mean, he's a homemade machine. He's sitting flat on his buttocks, and he's turning here, and he's turning and I'm checking this thing. I say, oh my goodness, this man doesn't even use measurements, man. He's just got a calipers that he just puts there. You see the length of the thing and he cuts it. And his tools are so sharp, man. They just zoop through the wood. And I'm watching this thing here as doing one piece after another piece. And I'm thinking, so accurate. And I looked at this thing here. Okay, there's a wood chip that is on the floor there. Let me see. As I, I see, oh, there, that chip is covering up. Oh, yeah, then he's doing it. And I watch the next piece. Hey, man, the same chip is back again. So it's the same video, playing it over and over and over again. And you think, how accurate are these people? They're lying to us, man. Lying. It's one piece. One piece is done. But when you look at it, you thought it's got, hey, he throws it one side, puts another piece, and it's the same thing. Just repeat. <laughs> and I'm saying, okay, Lord, what are you saying to the church this morning? Because two weeks ago, my heart's desire was well, last week. I wanted to speak on the invitation to the marriage or to the banquet. And so, 
Last week, Sunday, of course, it changed altogether. It changed completely, completely. And then I looked it up again. And yesterday, it came to another matter altogether. So one day, we would speak on the marriage supper. What does it really mean? What does it hold for us today? What does it hold for us today? But today, we're going to speak on a different subject altogether. And one of the things that I... I wrote was, do not allow to be distracted at a critical moment when God, when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is about to bring that which is of critical importance for your tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Okay, we're going to do that in a very short moment of time. This morning, I think we have visitors we have visitors. This end here? Yeah? Hi. Okay, if you're a visitor, don't be shy. Just said yes. Yeah, I am. God bless you guys. Bless you. Good to have you in our midst. How did you happen to bump around this place? That one there bumped you this place. You know, when we were growing up, we would say, hey, that guy is bumping. Now, bumping was different to what I'm talking about now. You know the guys, how they used to bump? You don't know them. Oh, man. But the guys walked with style in our days. They, their shoes were like that because when they walked, it was like that. They were, they were bouncing. They had bones. Isn't it Tom Jones uh, saying, uh, she's got power, she's got grace, she's not easy. She's a lady, that the lady is mine. I don't know how the ladies bounce, or the ladies minister. Eh? All right, that's being naughty. I need to get out of that, because we get, we're getting to serious business now. We're going to speak about uh, what I really believe that might then lead us to the invitation to the marriage supper. <clears throat> and uh, just the different things uh, that I am seeing. I looked at first the marriage supper on uh, Matthew 22. Maybe you can read up on it. But today we am going to look 14. Maybe we will touch on Luke 15. But Luke 14 is going to kick us off in the understanding that distraction can allow you to lose the moment that God opens his mouth or is about to reveal that which is of absolute importance in your tomorrow. Amen. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I ask my God this morning that you will guard my mouth. You'll guard even the very words of my mouth this morning. And you'll allow us, Holy Spirit, to get a glimpse of that which is in your heart today. That which, Father God, we need to understand. That which, O oh God, you are saying to your church today. 
So speak now, Father God, through my mouth. Use my mind, God. Use my spirit to bring to the fore the very depths of your heart. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. <clears throat> In uh, Luke 14, from uh, verse 1, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass as he went into a home of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke uh, to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace, and he took him and healed him and let him go. And he answered them, saying, Which of you shall have a donkey and an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day. And they could not answer him again of these things. And he put forth a parable to those which were invited when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms saying to them, when you are invited to any man to a wedding, do not sit in the highest position, lest a more honorable man than you be invited by the invitee. And he that invited you and him come and say to you, hey, my brother, give place. Just move aside. This place is reserved for somebody that has more honor than you. Somebody that I have highly esteemed. Jesus put out these things here because he had just finished crying over Jerusalem in chapter 13. He had just had an encounter with the church or, or to them that the Bible says those that are first will be last and the last will be first. He was speaking to the Jews who were the custodians of God's law of who had the responsibility of allowing the interactions of man and God to be made visible. They were the advertising boards that God had put up. But they had lost their opportunity because they had taken that which 
was supposed to be spread abroad, they had confined it to the temple, and of course they had not allowed anybody to come into the temple. They had made the law of God to be their very own. Even today, the Jew is still holding on to the law, even though Jesus Christ outlawed that thing plenty years ago. He prophesied to uh, the, uh, the disciples when they were saying to him, look how beautiful this building is. And Jesus, of course, prophetically said, I tell you what, it might look a beautiful facade, but soon and very soon there's not going to be one brick left on another. In other words, uh, he said, I have come to dismantle this thing here because this thing here has shut the majority of humanity out. I have come that whosoever will come unto me shall receive salvation. And they have free entry into my presence. Church, we need to not fool ourselves that everybody outside there is outside of God. And we that are in the church are the only ones that are the custodians of God's grace. God said, I will give my grace to whom I choose. And the Bible says uh, many are chosen, but few are, uh, many are called, but few are chosen. Who are those that are chosen? It is those that would hear the voice of God and they will say, here am I, Lord. I have heard many, many people that have heard the, the voice of God, heard the, the Holy Spirit tugging upon their, their, their spirit man, really emphasizing their need to come near. But many have said, not yet. Oh, I am just too busy for all these things yet. You know, God's word is too complicated. You know, there's so many things. And we have allowed outside influences to cause us to decide whether we will follow God or we will follow at our time. And God is saying, I'm done with this. Let's just look at uh, chapter, uh, Luke, uh, chapter 13 for a minute. This, not the whole thing. Um, we're going to speak uh, uh, just uh, from verse 22. Can somebody just put it up on the board, please? For those that, uh, I don't know, cell phones, uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys are okay. May, look, uh, maybe I'm beyond your age. You're, in your age, that's where it's at. Okay, so look it up on your, on your cell phones. That's quite fine. Verse 22, and it says, And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying uh, toward Jerusalem. Then said one to him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Verse 27. But he shall say, I tell you, I do not know whence you are. But now these, these here would protest and say, Lord, but we have been in your church. We have been uh, doing a multitude of things in the church. And he will say to them, I don't know you guys. 
So it's, uh, it's not as we had thought in the past, it's those that are outside of church. Jesus saying, even in my very house, there are those that are there, but they don't know me. I don't even know who they are. They will come and uh, by virtue of them having come to church, they will come and say, but we prophesied, excuse me, we prophesied uh, in, the, in, the in the church. I sang in the church. And Jesus will say, but I don't know you guys. It's an enter in the street. You know, they were asking, they asked him a question, and he gives them something else. Are there many that will be saved? And Jesus said, no, don't worry about that. How many will be coming? You worry about yourself. Because when you begin to get your life straightened, those that are crooked around you will learn how to imbibe from you. That is why in a, in a way, uh, Matthew 13 verse 33, it says, uh, how do I liken the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is as a woman that will take a bit of yeast and hide it in three measures of meal until the whole lump is made leavened. But of course, we understand that when it speaks about leaven, it speaks about that which is evil, that which uh, is a bad influence. But in this instant, uh, Jesus is saying, when uh, you have this whole uh, lump of dough, but you take a little of yeast and you put in into it, it will begin to influence the whole lump. So the, Jesus used uh, the word leaven or yeast in a good way, saying even the, because he will couple it with uh, uh, the... the, the uh, the mustard seed. He couples that uh, 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 parable with a, with a mustard seed. He says the mustard seed, even though it is a small little seed, Eddie, a small little seed, bro. It says if you have that little bit of faith, it starts off from a small seed. But your faith will grow to such this big tree. We think it needs big faith to do big things. It starts off with small little faith, as small as a mustard seed. And it begins to influence the whole thing and causes it to become, to provide shade and, uh, and uh, branches for the birds to come and nest. Your faith, your faith might look a very little, might look very small today, but never discount your faith in God. It begins there. You don't even know the influence that you have around the people around you. The tree doesn't know. 
that when it begins to grow, how much of, of uh, shade it's going to provide, how much of branches it's going to allow for nests, for birds to come and make their nest and groom their young from there. You don't know the measure of your faith this morning. God is saying, allow the, the, your small faith. Don't discourage it. Nurture it. How do I nurture faith? I go into the word of God. I see what God is saying today. Because that which I trusted God for yesterday has brought me to where I am today. And when I use that faith of yesterday, coupled with what I have learned from, from that for today, I progress further. And is as I go further, I have no idea how many are watching because they are that are watching you. They are those that are watching. But uh, I, I know I'm coming to that because I want to come then uh, to uh, verse 29 of uh, chapter 13 of Luke. It says, and they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, they are, they are last which shall be first and they are first which shall be last. In other words, uh, 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 Jesus was uh, speaking still more to the Pharisees. And saying, you guys have sat on the word of God. You have not allowed the word of God to become an influencer to those that are around you. To allow you to carry the weight. You know when your neighbor is saved, you don't have to worry about them coming to break into your house. You understand that? Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Put the walls of faith around your house. Oh yes, I'm not saying by any means I had that. I had it all taped that uh, no devil in hell is going to break in into my house. Yes, they did. They did. But in that, I simply learn and never fall asleep. Because when you fall asleep, the enemy will come and plant tears in your vineyard, in your in your field. Just simply learned. And out of that, I lost big money. But I'm still here. God sustained me through all that period of time. Has sustained me through with a lockdown. My business wasn't doing well. Things went horribly wrong. I paid my workers throughout that time because one of them said, don't uh, register me. So I couldn't claim from tears or whatever tears or tars. What was it? <laughs> so I paid out of my business. And it was ample bankrupt. But God has kept us afloat. And I'm learning once again to say, Lord, I stressed a lot of late but I'm learning to relax and say, God, it's up to you. This business, up to you. If you feel I can survive without working, so you will tell me when the time is right. But until that time, I'm not going to give up because I enjoy what I do. 
I know sometimes it can be very challenging, especially when the church uh, uh, needs of the church call. There's so many things that I want to do, and yet, yet uh, at the same time, I will not take that as God saying it's time to pull one side. God hasn't said that. Because the day I give up and I'm short of cash, I'm telling you what, I am going to ride on you. I will make up stories why you should be tithing, why you should be doing this here, you know. And I'll fleece you for money. I'll create things to get money out of you. I don't want to do that. I want it for you to be a pleasure to give your tithes, to give your offering. I want you to learn how to honor God not because a man has got a need and is manipulating money out of you. I'll never want to do that. I've asked God and never, ever make me do that. As I've told you in the past, my grandmother taught me a very deep lesson. Never, ever be a beggar. And I don't know how. I know Jesus said, you know, he spoke uh, uh, some parables of how to make friends with mammon because there's a day that you're going to need him make friends with your enemies because you might need them in a bad day. I don't know how to do that. I just simply know what is done for me, how is done for me. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt of the day I take a step of faith that I will meet God honoring everything if it aligns with his calling for my life. God's God will never change. I found him to be so faithful. When I bought my last car, I had absolutely no way of paying for that car. And yet when we did take that step of faith, waiting, after waiting for 14 years for the very same car, 14 years we waited for it. But the day we took a step of faith, I never had to beg anybody for money. Money was always there. So I find God to be very faithful. And if God is faithful, then he's also faithful to his word. Because it is only his word that can validate God's presence in your life. And so verse 31, I'm coming somewhere. The same day there came a certain of the Pharisees saying to him, uh, get, get thee out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. <laughs> Listen to what I love how Jesus answers these guys. Man. Verse 32, and he said to them, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils and I do cure today, tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. <laughs> he's, he, he's saying things to those that brought this report that uh, there are forces out there that want to eliminate you. And Jesus says to him, I'm doing miracles right now. I do healings right now. But I'm, going, I'm doing it today, and I'll do it tomorrow. And on the third day, perfection will come. In other words, he was prophesying of what was, what was about to happen to him. He says, when perfection come, all these guys here will have no show. When my church is perfected, when it has experienced resurrection... There is nothing that can withstand my church. That is why he will further say, I will build my church. That the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We have seen uh, pastors doing all kinds of funny things. 
even uh, bringing the world into the church, opening up the church to, for dancing and all these things, yeah. To attract. But the word of God says to us, to you and I, if the day we experience resurrection, we would not need to scheme and scam people out of anything. And then verse 33 emphasizes again, it says, Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet must perish out of Jerusalem. And then he says, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and stone them that are sent to you, how often would I have gathered you together as children, as a hen does gather her brood under her wings, and you wouldn't. You are here today. Do not allow yourself to be distracted and begin to deny God his rightful place in your life. Because watch this. We're going back again to 14.1. It says... There were those when he came to have a meal. Imagine this. Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's house or to a priest's house. And in the meantime, he also invites others. I don't know, was it him who was a strategist over here? But somewhere, somebody was very strategic. Because it says, and they watched him. The word watch there, it means they looked at him with an evil eye. They were watching what he's going to do. As I said, I don't know if it was a sit-up. Because the word says, uh, in front of Jesus there was a man with dropsy. Anybody understands what dropsy is? I don't know what the Zulu Bible says. What does it say? Zogua. No. That's what I always thought too. You're not wrong. I also believe that. Until I looked it up this morning. Dropsy is a, it's, a, it's not a disease. But it's just a, a person has a, a collection of water. They just fill up with water. So you can imagine, I don't know now, uh, they're not very clear in the explanation, but it says that uh, they collect water in every part of their body. So they either sweat the thing out. So can you imagine? There's a wedding taking place. There are the guests are seated. And here this person is just dripping with water. He must have been a sight. They must have brought him there to see what is this Jesus going to do. But uh, they, there was a challenge that was being put forth to Jesus. And Jesus then would ask them a very simple question. Is it correct to, good, to do good on your rest day? Because they, to them the Sabbath was a rest day. But for somehow, they had a wedding going. <laughs> they could eat. But somebody that was in desperate need had to be ignored until the next day. And we say we care for one another. And so Jesus will take him and just simply heal him and, uh, and allow him to, uh, to go. 
And I, I began to realize once again, Jesus was in their midst. But they were more interested what he was going to do that was wrong in their law that, could, that they could crucify him for. That they could go and badmouth him to others. But Jesus put them on the spot. He said, which one of you having a donkey or an ox that is stuck in a, in a ditch that now you will sit with your folded arms and say you are in a position of rest. That thing must wait until tomorrow. He said, which one of you will do that? Of course they couldn't answer. Because the things that were to the animals was accepted. But to a fellow human being, it was, no, we'll wait until the next day. That was their mentality. Why? Because they treasure that they are time of rest more than helping others. This is why Jesus was saying, I need to dismantle this thing. These people have forgotten my law. Or why they are here, why they have received the gift of faith, that they have received the gift of healing. They have received the gift of encouragement, of encouraging others. They have become too self-centered. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. In fact, let me just go back to 13. The cry cries on 34 for Jerusalem. How he wish you knew your day of visitation. And then in verse 35, he says, see now. Your house is left to you desolate. It's ravaged. In other words, desolation, desolate. Saying your house has been left fatherless. Your house has been left with no protection walls. Because fathers are supposed to give protection to their children. But some fathers have forgotten that. They've become careless. They've become more uh, in tune with uh, how they've been maligned, how they've been wronged, how they've been uh, uh, neglected by their wives, how they were neglected by their families. You know, some have never emerged from that. They view things through the lenses of their struggles. So everything is seen through their struggles. They haven't seen their own position, how it relates to their children. Because I, I, I wrote this year, um, I think that was supposed to have been for two weeks ago. The sons can only govern according to what they have learned from the fathers. I was, during worship, sitting there, or standing, listening. I think it was the last song that you guys sang. And I heard your kids chorusing. They were not following you. 
they were singing the song that they know is inside of them. It's already in them. They sang it because they know it. They were not imitating you. They were singing the song because it's in them. It's only in them because you put it on display in front of them. I could, I could only deduce that. I don't know. Maybe you got some way you say, there's a computer, go and sing these songs. I don't know. But the children will only be interested in what the fathers are interested in. The sons can only govern their lives as they saw the fathers govern their lives. If the children see their fathers being bullies, they will naturally be bullies. It's pointless hitting a child and say, I don't want to see you smoking while you are smoking. I hope you don't smoke, especially in front of your children. Please do not smoke in front of your children. The people that uh, I lived with, um, the mother smoked, and uh, she will shout at the children, don't want to ever see you do this bad habit. The day she wouldn't have matches, she will give one of her children the thing, uh, go to the coal stove and go and light it for me. Of course, how do you light it? But you, and then you would run. Hey! Don't finish my cigarette. Bring it to me. Because when the children started smoking, how could they not? They emulated what they saw happening in the home. So let's learn to govern. Let's allow our homes to become a safety place for our children to grow up in. But there's always a turnaround in God. Verse 35 again of chapter 13. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. It's a big statement, big controversy about it. Because some people say, say, no, that's only kept for Jesus. And yet Jesus would say, I no longer call you servants. I call you brothers. Isn't it there's a song Cynthia Yol used to sing? We are family. We are one. We how you, how it used to go? We are joined as. Yes. That's the one. We are family. We are one. We are joined as. I think is the title of the song. So if we are joined as, it means whatever Jesus was, we are. Because he said, such as I am, I give out to you. Some, of course, will deny even that. They will say, no, that was only for the disciples. But then uh, why do we take what the disciples uh, said in our other instances and make it ours, and some things we selectively exclude that. 
Some will tell you there is no apostles today. But I am telling you, as I move around the apostolic circles, I hear when the apostle speaks. I don't care you can carry the title or you don't carry the title. But when I hear an apostolic voice, how they speak, how they articulate the word of God, how they bring it forth, it is always tinged or filled with, let us get back to God again. I'm telling you, you can tell me you're an, uh, an apostle, but your tongue will betray you, whether you are or you, or you think you are. And for me, apostles are busy with us right now saying, get back to God. The time is now that we get back to God, get real with God. Do not serve God with your flesh only. Let your whole heart be in God. Come back to God. Come back to God. Maybe more of this year is going to emerge as we go into the parable. But maybe we would use the one in Matthew 22. Luke has got a bit, but maybe we'll take from there as well. But there is a whole lot that I need to extract out of that and uh, hope that we can grab the mindset of uh, what is actually this wedding? What is this banquet? Who are the invitees? Who is the fellow that was there that uh, did not have the right clothing? What clothes was he looking for? Jesus, that is. How had uh, not prepared himself accordingly? Why then he had to be bundled up and taken outside? What was it that was so out of tune with uh, the guest list that we, we need? To, I don't know. I don't know when I'll minister on that. But I certainly am looking forward to the time when uh, that word will become rhema. Uh, 